This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, my husband and I went to New Orleans this weekend for our anniversary trip, and he surprised me with tickets to see the Hotel California tour of the Eagles, which was absolutely fantastic. They played the entire Hotel California album live from beginning to end in the first half, and then they played, to quote them, everything else they they knew in in the second half. But they opened it with Hotel California, and everybody standing up, screaming and hollering and having a good time, right? Well, we're on the 18th row, which were pretty great seats. He really went out of his way to make this a a special night. And we were kind of in the center of the row. and And I noticed this lady pushing her way down the row. And I'm like, okay, she's got to get by. And anyway, she gets to me and she taps me on the shoulder. And she says, excuse me, my husband and I paid $1,000 a ticket to be able to see this concert. And you're too tall. I can't see over your head. You need to sit down. Now, I I kind of had a a flashback to this football game I went to earlier this year where the guy stood in front of us for the entire game and never sat down. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to be this person. But it hit me that if I sat down then I wasn't going to be able to see anything because there were 17 rows of people standing in front of me. And yes, I'm six foot tall. And yes, this person was two rows back. So she was on the 20th row. And uh, the cute boy looks at me and he's like, do not sit down. Do not sit down. You are not going to let this person who obviously has never been to a concert before and knows that people stand up for the first song ruin your night. And so we continued to stand and enjoy the concert. But it struck me that this was something that was completely out of her control, but she pretty much let it ruin her night. Welcome to post-pandemic attitude, freedom to just whatever. I am really at a loss for words for why people are the way they are, act the way they act, because it has not always been this way. I also saw the Eagles many moons ago. I was able to see them in Rice Football Stadium in Houston for the Hell Freezes Over Tour in 1994. I would have never gone up to someone who was in my way, but the whole discussion going down to the concert was, what song are they going to open with? I would have lost a gazillion dollars on this bet because I would have said, well, there's no way it'll be Hotel California because... They will close with that. And they opened with Hotel Californian. And the place went nuts. I think that we have entered into this new world. And I don't think it's changing. I keep waiting on things to settle down and people to go back to what I would call normal. I'm not confident that people are going to re-engage nice. And this freedom that people have to just come up to strangers and say, you need to sit down because we paid money for these tickets and you're blocking our view. Are you kidding me? I don't get it. It wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. This is something that I am seeing in the last handful of years. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's we were cooped up in our homes too long. And now we're all insane. I'm not really sure what it is, but it's having a huge effect on society as a whole, specifically the insurance industry. I just want to say paying $1,000 a ticket to see anything 
is nuts to me. Anyway, bless her heart, the guy standing in front of me was taller and he had bigger hair. So if I would have sat down, she would have still had to look over him. <laughs> you know, welcome to the world of Karens, I guess. This is where we are. But yeah, so so let's talk about insurance. Let's talk about what's going on in the world right now that is creating this crazy hard market that we are in. Specifically, auto insurance and and talk about this craziness and just what's going on. And there's an article in Insurance Journal that you shared with me that really targets, yes, inflation, but bad driving. It's almost as if we came out of covid and lockdown and we forgot how to drive is that physically impossible i can still get on a bike and keep it upright you had to go there because you know i can't ride a bicycle yeah i do but look you're learning how to ride a bike by the way the issue is when i get back in the car after not driving for a week i still know how to drive you don't lose this knowledge of how to drive. But this article is citing bad driving, and I think it's accurate. Distracted driving is at an all-time high. I get it. But distracted driving was high pre-pandemic. Somewhere along the lines, we forgot how to drive. And it's getting worse and worse. The roads are getting more and more crowded, which in one way is good for the auto insurance industry because there's more to insure. But on the flip side of that, we have huge numbers of frequency claims. We have incredible severity numbers and to top it off we have inflationary factors on top of all that this is where we find ourselves is we find ourselves in this spot where everybody's trying to play catch up and it has turned this market into a tailspin so to speak and finds us in this place where we are playing defense we're in a disruption and agents everywhere are struggling through it and some specific numbers with that looking at 2020 to 2021 there was a 10 increase in fatal accidents and then the same article and we'll post this on our social media if you want the specifics on it but talking about private passenger auto losses jumped 25% from 20 to 21. To put that in perspective, most auto insurance carriers are targeting year to year. They target a 96% combined ratio. That's your loss ratio plus your expense ratio. That's all in. So they're trying to make four cents on the dollar. That's their goal. If you have those types of numbers jump, then you could be talking about a dollar ten to a dollar twenty being paid out for every dollar that is received. Obviously, not sustainable. I also think there is this crazy reality of a lesson here. Let's go all the way back to 2020. And in 2020, some marketers, no doubt, because of the potential PR backlash, the potential negative effect that might have come from collecting auto insurance while there's a lockdown going on, what did we do? We started giving money back. We started delaying payments, right? You know, understandably, we started giving refunds because people weren't driving. And the insurance business is not about this year. It's never about today. And what I really feel like happened is you have this turn on its head 2021, bad driving, severity, 2022 inflation hits. You're behind the eight ball. Number one, you went backwards. You gave money back as an industry. You went out there and you let the PR side of this affect the true actuarial side of this. 
And we knew better. And yet we did it anyway because we didn't want to get canceled. We're afraid of activists. We're afraid of... So we do this thing. Now we're behind. Now nobody remembers how to drive. Now we can't get parts to fix their car. Oh, and if you can get the parts, guess what? Your little sensor in your bumper costs a gazillion dollars and has to be recalibrated. And now your $1,500 claim is $15,000. And so... It is the perfect storm. And the lesson that I think we can learn is to stay actuarially sound through things because things are going to happen. I'm not saying they're going to have another pandemic, but we're going to have another cycle. We're always going to have cycles. So I think it's really important that we stay slow and steady, wins the race kind of mindset versus let's go backwards here. Now we can play catch up because now what we're doing is we're playing ridiculous amounts of catch up on this whole entire cycle. And it's maybe worse than it would have been if we would have just stayed the course. I haven't paid attention in Texas as much as I have in Louisiana, but have the personal injury billboards taken over everything in Texas? Absolutely, they have. I've seen a tremendous increase in personal injury ads. The college football games on local affiliates. As a matter of fact, I would say 60 to 70 percent of the ads on Sunday afternoon, personal injury ads. So when we think about that and thinking about personal injury judgments, and I think they've increased in the over 300 percent in the last 10 years. I think people just don't realize where that money's coming from and how it affects them on the back end. When you have created sort of an entitlement around society of getting money, which is what we did. We handed it out with PPP money. We handed it out with all kinds of different things. So much money into the economy that number one, we know that inflation was completely avoidable at that point once we just kept dumping more and more and more. The other thing is this sort of mental reality that once people get used to taking that money, well, they want more of that money. To me, that helps the trial lawyers. That helps the litigation environment because they have more cases they can sign up. They have more people willing to say, yeah, how about me? I'll take some of that money. It creates that victim mentality if we're not careful. And I think we did do a little bit of that. And I think that now we're still going to be in some of the remnants of that for the foreseeable future. So we can talk about this all day long and talk about all of the things that are contributing to these huge increases that we're seeing. But the reality is our customers don't care. All our customers are seeing is that they haven't had a claim and their rates are going up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, even 60%. Yes, they are. And they're not happy, but they're generally not happy about any of it. Everything's going up and we do have a little bit of help. And I have been able to have some conversations and put some of this into practice. It's not fun. It's very much an aggravation process for agents because you're having to potentially remarket your book constantly, which nobody makes money remarketing. But I also feel like that there's been this move, and at least with agents that I've talked to and things that we're doing, where we're doing less and less of that and we're having more conversations instead. Everybody understands, and sometimes they just want to vent. It doesn't mean you're going to lose them. It doesn't mean that they want you to fix it. I use this example. This took me a really long time as a girl dad, as a husband. It took me a long time to realize that 
just because a problem is being vented does not mean that I need to go fix it. There may be times where I need to go fix something, but most of the time it's just hear me. And I think that that happens a lot here. If we can train our people, we have an awesome opportunity here to make our people stronger by turning them into better listeners. And it may end up in a more reliable, a longer term client that actually does not have to be rewritten at all. Because what they figure out, because the whole market has moved, the whole market is kind of catching up with each other. And if they go shop it, they're probably not going to find something better most of the time. I think this really does go both ways. Sometimes my husband will come to me with a problem and my brain kicks into fix-it mode. I had dinner with two of our agents in DFW a few weeks ago and they're married. They had the agency together and one of them began to express a problem and the other one said a phrase. They said, bucket or toolkit. And she said, bucket. And they kept going. And I and I said, wait, 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 you're going to have to back it up. And this was the code that they have for each other, that at the point that someone expresses a problem, bucket means that I'm listening, but it's kind of going into the bucket and I'm letting it go. Where toolkit means I need a response that can help me fix it. And I thought that was a really nice way that they had created within their relationship to make that happen so that thinking could apply to listening to our customers. Is this one of those things that it can go in the bucket, they just need the opportunity to vent to let it out? Or is it really that you need to break out your toolkit and try to fix it? That's a really awesome young married opportunity there. I love it. Now, as an empty nester, I'm more up for the challenge of playing the guessing game. We need things to do these days and we don't have the activities and the kids to get ready in the mornings and get out the door. And so I think I'm going to keep that one to myself so that Julie and I can stay in this mystery world of is that bucket or toolkit? But I love it. Young marrieds out there, take note of that. That's a great tool. I wish I would have had it 20 something years ago. I think that it is really good for our customer perception there. I know that I've been on record for saying it's a great time to go on the offensive. Playing offense during a hard market is a very good thing to do because everybody's being disrupted. From captive agents to direct channel to other independents, I understand that there is some defense that you have to play, and I think that it is a missed opportunity to go into total defensive mode because the reality of it is everyone that calls, again, doesn't necessarily want you to shop their insurance or go through that exercise. What they want to know in a lot of cases is, is this the best I can do? If that is where they are and you are using an honesty wins approach and you know, because you know, your account managers know, our account managers know when they're talking to a customer that we have any tenure with whatsoever, that we can probably either help them or they're in the best place that they need to be. And that in and of itself will minimize your activity of doing stuff. I think a lot of times that can go into the bucket and not the toolkit, then frees up capacity to be playing offense during everybody else's disruption. So let's take the idea of playing offense out of a pure science perspective. Yes, we know we should be doing that, but to a more of an applied science, what does that mean? Statistically, 
the worst of us get 80% of our customers back next year. And I believe that if you take that context, which is real, that we overthink how much people think about their insurance because it's important to us and we think about insurance all the time. The average consumer does not think about insurance unless they absolutely have to. And they know nothing about it. As someone who has not been in the industry for a thousand years, we know nothing about insurance except what you tell us that we are supposed to pay every month. When you look at this and you go, okay, if there's some percentage that aren't looking at all, this is going to come across. I'm an agency owner. I'm talking to agency owners. I'm not talking to customer service reps. I'm not even necessarily talking to producers. I am talking to agency owner brains and how to think about your business as a whole. The reality of it is, is that there is a percentage, a fair amount of a percentage of your clients that are not necessarily going to look at their bill. It's going to be on auto draft. It's just going to happen. There may be a shopping moment. There may be something happen. They may add a 16-year-old. They may buy a new home and they may do something that requires them to have a shopping event. A lot of times, the renewal isn't going to create a shopping event for a large percentage. Then you have the others that it is going to create something. They're a little more cost conscious. They pay attention a little more. Let's just make up 50%. Let's just throw that number in there. So 50% of your customers aren't paying attention. There's another 50%. And out of that 50%, about 70% of that is paying attention. So now we're down to about 35% of your clients that are really, really paying attention. And then there's the other extreme where they're shopping you all the time anyway, no matter how good of a job you did, that 10% of your clients, they're shopping every year anyway. So this is nothing new to them. So really what you're focused on is you're focused on about 30% of your customers that are paying attention. So what I am saying is that depending on the conversation, depending on where they are, some of them may need to be remarketed. Some of them may need to stay where they are. 70% of your business is probably staying no matter if you do anything. That's where I'm coming from. So if that's the case, then stop spending your energy trying to fix 100% because you're not keeping 100% anybody. Anyway, no one has 100% retention. The best agents in the world claim to get to 95% Maybe. I'm going to say it's more around 92. That's the best agents in the world. Incredible mechanisms, all of that. So if that's the reality of it, you're going to lose some business and you better pay attention to new business by focusing on this greater market out there. And let's say out of a thousand clients, let's say that you lose 80 because you're one of those best. But if you played defense all year and you freaked out and all you did was play defense, then you just missed an incredible opportunity to grow 30%. For practicality to me is you have to put some energy into your marketing. You have to put some energy into following the disruptor as an offensive strategy. We did this, okay? I'm on record, we did this, it worked. So I am practicing what we preached. We spent a ton of money the last 15 months in anticipation of this happening. And it has worked tremendously. Our our personal lines book has grown, I think, last I checked, about a million and a half in premium over the last 12 months. 
incredible. And it was because of the marketing effort. It was because of the offensive strategy. We even have gone into hiring some new personal lines producers because I think it's going to continue for a little while. So I've been making investments because the contrarian view says make investments and grow here. The natural state is, oh my gosh, freak out. The sky is falling. Rates are crazy and try to suck back and hold on to everything that you got. And I just don't believe that's how you win in a hard market. What about carrier management during a market like this? Obviously, carrier relationships is critical and important. But a lot of times what carriers are doing is they're actually helping you here. And if you are fortunate enough that you are a little more established and you have certain carriers in your portfolio, sometimes those carriers stop adding new agents in markets like this. And so what they're doing is, is they're trying to stop the bleeding. It's generally temporary, but they're trying to do everything they can to get back in the black, so to speak, in terms of profitability. And so they're bleeding They're It's crazy. They're making all these crazy moves because, and you don't understand it, but what you have to look at is this really global picture. And if you're more of the established agent, then you have some markets potentially that some newer agents may not have. There's an opportunity there for the established agent. On the flip side, new agents, you have enough markets. You may not think you do, but you have enough markets during a market cycle like this. And guess what? You don't have a book to try to retain. So you should be severely on the offensive strategy. That's why I've said for the past 12 months, I thought it was a fantastic time to start an independent agency. People have questioned me on that. I promise you, you don't have the book to try to retain. You can be 100% wide open, go get it, and the market is disrupted, and you can be the disruptor. It's how you're positioned, what your agency life cycle looks like, is to what you do. Either way, what happens here is you're going to end up either impressing and improving carrier relations with who you have or helping to play the game to get them back in the black if you're more of an established agent. And I think carrier management, carrier relationships is understanding that you need them to be profitable so that you can be successful long term. And it's back to infinite game look because they're just trying to get back to where they need to be. The wrong thing to do is to get mad. The wrong thing to do is to get frustrated with them because they're running a business and you're a distributor and they're the product and you need the product to be stable and you need the product to be priced adequately long term. We can't get caught up in this. We can't get caught up in they're screwing me. Man, they're doing this to me. You have to understand that where they're at is they're in this long-term thought process. If they just keep rolling with it and they don't get their profitability right, they won't be there for you three years from now. And we've seen that with some of these carriers that have gone under on the on the monoline home side. One thing I want you to think about when you're going on the offensive is how to attract the customers that you want to attract. It feels so easy that with our marketing, we would say, have your insurance rates gone up? 
call me or or something having to do with that price increase. That seems like it's the easiest way to attack. It is the easiest thing. You just sort of have to realize that when you're selling on that price, when you're marketing on price, then your customer, that's what they're thinking. And who's to say that you're actually establishing relationship at that point and that they're going to not just leave you at some point for the same reason. And I think that's where you're at. And that's what you're saying is it feels easy to do that. But then you end up in this churn. I would be more in brand awareness, building a community, having that community effect, really selling without selling by just being there, by just putting yourself out there, making it top of mind, not from a price standpoint, but there's another option besides State Farm. There's another option besides XYZ Captive Company. That's important because in a lot of communities, in a lot of states, the captive side still controls the personal lines marketplace. If we think about it in those terms, we can do things in a way that's not price sensitive. It's not about price marketing. It's about choice. Hey, we're the choice model. Hey, we can give you choices. That says something different to me than creating a campaign around price. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Dwayne Johnson. The road to success and greatness is always paved with consistent hard work. Outwork your competitors, be authentic, and above all else, chase your greatness. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Merry Christmas, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.